0: This is Into the Apex Motorsport Podcast Network. From Monaco to Indianapolis, Le Mans to Daytona, and everywhere in between.
1: This is your one-stop shop for provocative motorsport talk. From the ITA Podcast Network. This is the Into the Paddock Podcast. Into the Paddock Podcast.
2: Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Into the Palette podcast. My name is Jordan Groves and I'm joined this week for a second week running by the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. John Javicki. Hello, John.
0: Holy shit, two weeks in a row?
2: Yeah, and this time I can see you.
0: (laughs) 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 I finally got the camera working. I did a little, uh... Great. I did a little, pull the old switcheroo and I'm using a different computer so you can see the, uh, the SimRig in the background and some more, uh, racing memorabilia. And most importantly, the I, the first iRacing win up there. It's, oh, yes. uh, it definitely deserves probably to be put in a frame. Um, but for now, until the basement's finished, I'm going to have to leave it with, up there with a thumbtack. <laughs> so.
2: yeah. Mine's not as cool. My first win, like you were saying, yours was in a BMW uh, GT3 at, at Donington. Mine was a, a Mazda MX-5 race at the Roval. And so oh. it's like, oh, I don't think I want to frame that. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, here, was it as a rookie, or was it as... It was rookie, yeah. Okay, well, hey, that's... You know, mine was not as a rookie. You know, I had to get to, what, C-Class to get that one, so, you know, it might be a little bit more impressive than than my win, but uh, just the car isn't as cool.
2: I'm I'm probably, like, 15 seconds quicker than I was when I won that race now. (laughs) Probably. Something (laughs) stupid like that. Um, We'll talk about sim racing in the second half of the show, actually, Um, because it was meant to be a quiet week, we were scrambling a little bit because there's no racing that we usually cover that, that's, that's been on this past weekend. Um, so we have a discussion planned for the second half of the show about sim racing and motorsports. Um, but then the entire world of sports car racing decided to implode today, literally the day that we're recording this, the Monday. Yep. And it seems as though every IMSA team has announced someone, somewhere, sometimes maybe more. Like, it, it has been, like, trying to keep up with it all today prior to recording this show has been a fucking mission like
0: <laughs> every five minutes there was some team announcing their drivers or you know some change uh, i mean it's it's been wild it's it, for for sports car fans as such as myself it's uh it was very entertaining today so and then like i was telling you before it the uh the podcast gods knew that we had yeah, not light material but not a whole lot of news you know and they're like here you go We'll dump it all on you, so love getting it all dumped on. Oh, god, I'll stop um, there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, most series have like a silly season. I think IMSA has yeah. proven it's got a silly day, like, <laughs> this is it's ridiculous. So, let, let's start working Market. our way through these November
0: 13th, um, silly, day. New silly, silly day <laughs> for the uh, for IMSA. <laughs>
2: So all of all of this pertains to IMSA rather than World Endurance or anything like that. Although there is one toward the end that kind of might have effects wider reaching. Um, let's start working through these in roughly the order that they were coming out. That that being said, it, it's a, it's a shit show. I don't really know what's going <laughs> on anymore. Firstly, we had uh, just after last week's show, it was confirmed that Wayne Taylor Racing, who are expanding to two cars in GTP next year. Um they already had their driver lineups confirmed for the full season. That would be um in the 10 car Philippe Albuquerque and Ricky Taylor, and in the 40 it would be Louis Delatraz and Jordan Taylor. Um but last week they confirmed their endurance drivers for next year, and oh boy, have they gone shopping. Because we've <laughs> got Brendan Hartley coming over to him, sir. Um wow. And uh he'll be in the 10 car, and in the 40 car will be Colton Herter. Um Badass. I, 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 Much of today's news is more regarding t- GT3, uh, GTD, and GTD Pro. Uh, so I'm not so much caring about that. But <laughs> Her- <laughs> I care. It, Her- I Herter care. and Hartley coming over to do GTPs. That's box office. Mm-hmm. They have got such a strong lineup at Wayne Taylor.
0: I think it, it's a what we're talking about today, and we'll get into more. Is just a testament to how well IMSA has done over the last couple of years to develop its product to become you know the pinnacle of sports car racing <laughs> if you want to say i know there's some some whack diehards that will will argue that but um i mean just the the look at all those drivers you know you've got you even have a whack driver that wants to come over and mm-hmm. uh <laughs> to imsa and you've got um you know we'll announce some more later but it's it's wild i, I i'm I think I said it before. I was excited, super excited for the beginning of the season last year at this time, you know, with the new GTPs. But um, I think this year is probably going to be better, just with the, um, the the new drivers that'll be on on the uh, the docket and um, more cars. I just you know get the fucking LMP threes out of here and uh, <laughs> maybe we get some better racing. But uh, no, it's 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 been a wild day and and um, yeah, I'm just I'm. I'm I don't know if you can tell, but I'm excited. So. Yeah,
2: I, I think we're damn right to be as well. As you say, like it, it's a testament to the growth, the sudden explosion of sports car racing and IMSA in, in, in particular, that all of these big names want to come over. And, and, you know, whilst Herter and Hartley have had experience in IMSA before, Hartley raced uh, the Petit Le Mans last year and at Daytona this year, I think. And Hurter's obviously been lurking around in various classes with Ray Hall BMWs for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, just the fact that they want to come over and do this it's it's really really exciting so yeah we don't know uh, that that's kind of really the only gtp announcement we've had today other than uh, the uh um, chip ganassi racing have announced that the uh zero one team will be unchanged so that will remain Bordeaux, dixon and van der zander um we're still awaiting driver lineups from both porsche Penskes, both bmw's Uh, the Proton Competition Porsche, and the Iron Lynx Lamborghini that I believe is only racing the endurance races this year. Right. Uh, Not not Daytona, though, starting from Sebring.
0: Yeah, unfortunately.
2: Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. Um, But Roman Grosjean will be in that car, so that's not exactly a a breaking news segment, is it? Um, But on to... I think everything else basically broke from today um, or in the last couple of days. So next up we have... um, (laughs) <laughs> i'm just trying to <laughs> scroll through this list which one do you um, do first <laughs> we'll continue a bit with wayne taylor uh, wayne taylor racing because they announced um a couple days ago three three days ago or so that wayne taylor racing are adding with andretti a lamborghini in the uh gtd category for IMSA, sir which will be driven by uh kyle marcelli and danny formale um and then today fast forwarding they announced that they are going to be running a <laughs> all over the place trying to fight trying to work all of this out um where's it gone there it is that they're going to be having a gtd campaign for a porsche you uh, know in, in a 43 car so they had an aston martin that they were running uh for i think this right. was the first season they ran it right
0: yeah and I, I don't think it was a full season either i just um <laughs> yeah I my memory remember. of it was getting uh it getting fucked up at uh laguna seca oh yeah, um, got that was it, with yeah. up with that gtp and then um <laughs> i don't really remember seeing it much after that i know it i know it was in a few races after that yes because um,
2: jarrett andretti was driving it when it got fucked correct. up wasn't he yeah correct yeah
0: yeah right by the uh by the pit entry yeah it was wild was it. It, was, was it. it was a big one
2: <laughs> so they're going to be contesting the full season in the 43 car with jarrett andretti and gabby chavez um and yeah they're moving from aston martin over to porsche uh obviously there's a a couple of Porsches that are up for use now, with uh, the likes of FAF moving away from them. um So, yeah, that's cool. um So, yeah, there'll be an Andretti Lamborghini with Wayne Taylor and an Andretti standalone with Porsche. Meanwhile, in the GTD class, they run an Acura. Mm-hmm. Are they? Yeah. Are they Thanosing the manufacturers at the moment? Aren't they? <laughs> like Formula One, they've got GM.
0: <laughs> right. They're just like, all right, we'll, we'll try one of each, and then uh, maybe we'll make a decision after that.
2: But, it's uh, like um, an iRacing team trying to pick every single car <laughs> to make sure one of them is the um, is the, uh, the meta car. That's like, right.
0: <laughs> I might be guilty of doing that on time to time. Oh, everyone is. everyone is. I, I just
2: <laughs> cut the shit and just uh, drive the single-class cars so that I don't have to pick a different manufacturer. Um, so there was that. Next, we've got... Uh, let's do Corvette, because you're here um corvette announced um that danny yunkadea earl bamber charlie eastwood and nico verone will be um part of the group that races across both imsa and world endurance or both in some cases Mm -hmm. um and i believe they also made another announcement today um (laughs) this is ridiculous uh yes so uh awa who are running the corvette um they're also going to be running Lars Kern uh Ore Fidani and Matt Bell as well so all of those drivers are going to be in some kind of configuration in their two cars uh they unveiled delivery today didn't they for the for the Corvettes uh,
0: so Pratt & Miller unveiled their the, Pratt the Miller, GTD Pratt Pro Miller. and drum roll, please it was yellow.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's, it ain't it's, broke.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's very, very similar. Um, we were talking about it this morning on the Discord. It's you know, very similar to what they ran last year. Um, biggest difference being, obviously, it's their GT3 car, the uh, Z06 GT3R. Um, so the, I think physically the biggest difference I've noticed from the gtlm gtd frankenstein they had for the last couple of years um is the the front hood scoop um, i think for aerodynamic purposes they they made some changes there but I, I think you know it looks again to the to the naked eye you have to look really close to see the differences um but um you know the another main difference is they now have some more sponsorships on the car um but besides that it's yellow so i think you know, I think uh, f- fans will like it because they're so They they want to have that yellow Corvette out there. They're the you know quote unquote factory team, right? So they're going to have the you know probably the biggest relationship with Corvette racing, um, and it's it's only I think it only makes sense just to kind of follow in that path. So, um, but as I was also saying, with all these other teams, you've got um, AWA. Um, over here also in IMSA, you've got uh, TF sport, um, that used to run the Astons over in the WEC. They're now switching to the Corvette. Um, and then there's one more, oh D D X D T racing for the GT, uh, Fanatec GT world challenge. America will also be running some Corvettes in SRO. So, um, I'm, I'm really excited to see all their different liveries. You know, you, it, like green, I just talked about how I like the yellow and how that's you know tradition. But um, I think it's going to be cool to see these other three teams and what kind of livery they put up and um, you know what kind of designs do, do they uh, do they do and um, you know it, it's it, as a Corvette racing fan that I've been over the past several years, um, it's a big change and so um, it, it's I, not only am I excited about the the growth in IMSA. But I'm I'm just super excited that now that I can see, you know, more than one Corvette on the track at once, and even at the same event, um, in Pro and, and, and AM across the pond. Um, you know, we do you do have one in SRO, and I think the hopes are I want to say that that's the last team they're going to add for this year, but um, I think the hopes are next year to add some more because um, I I want to say they were they at the spa 24 this year i can't remember i thought i read that i could be wrong um you can tell me if i'm wrong whoever listens to this um but that would be cool to see a, a corvette racing that spa in the 24 um so it's uh, big changes and i'm gonna stop saying excited i'm enthused <laughs> <laughs> you can start the excited count if you want to play a drinking game um but no it's um it, it's it's a, a a wild year and, and um, for for sports car racing, especially if you're a Corvette fan.
2: Yeah, and it's like they, as you said, we've been so used to there being so little of them. Next year, all of a sudden, they're going to be everywhere. Like that, that, that's really cool. It's yeah. cool to see the growth and seeing manufacturers, albeit without manufacturer support <laughs> per se, but you know, having um, customer teams running so many of them uh that that's great and and another thing that that strikes me with this announcement in particular and it's going to be a theme that continues on is how many drivers have switched allegiances from from manufacturers that they've been tied to for a long time like right. you look at charlie eastwood and earl bamba for example they they've been porsche heavy for a, a while Bamber, i think switched over a, a recent more recent
0: uh, earlier. He's with Cadillac. Yeah. Uh, so
2: right, he so. you know that, that's a long-term relationship with those two. And then Danny Incredere has obviously been with Mercedes for a couple of years now. He's switching over to Corvette. Um
0: and he was a a, a mainstay with Mercedes as well. I mean, he, mm. he's like one of their premier drivers, so
2: Yeah.
0: Um you know, we'll talk a little bit more about another one of their drivers, but um and an apology in advance, you know, I am a father, so I do have a young child <laughs> down here with me. We've had some it's been a wild couple weeks here at the javicki household so we've had uh uh appendixes uh get inflamed and then an appendix has been removed and not for me for my wife so we're doing our best here <laughs> so, uh, so she, she's just, racing.
2: We, we've already asked her before on the podcast a couple of questions i can't remember what about i think it was about max verstappen
0: yeah that's so right she, that's she's right. just being
2: vocal she, she loves corvette like, she like, does
0: oh she loves like more, father
2: like daughter
0: <laughs> it's funny because her being she she'll be uh six months here in, in two days um and it's funny so i'll put racing on so I've, I've put whether it be nascar or um i think she's even watched a couple imsa races with me um you know whether she is now a, a racing fan i don't know or whether she just she likes seeing all the different colored cars go across the screen maybe that's what it's for <laughs> what, what, what she's more interested to start in, but, um, you know she's she's watching it so i'm trying to indoctrinate her young to to be a fan of of racing so we'll see how it goes
2: well and as you said last week you never know we could get her on the f1 academy grid in a few years that's right yeah
0: maybe she's the uh class of 2045 iron dames driver and, there you go you know so we'll see <laughs>
2: yeah um well, let's let's see what she thinks about this next one because it's one of the only announcements uh, today that is an unchanged lineup there's there's one or two um, Vasha Sullivan Lexus announced uh, a couple of days ago that they will be retaining Ben Barnaco and Jack Hawksworth uh, for next season to defend their GTD Pro championships Um and I will be interested to see how they get along with just because of the sheer number more of cars that are going to be in mm-hmm. GTD Pro next year. How many cars did full time GTD Pro last year?
0: Like uh, seven. I, th- I think they started with seven. I've got the poster I'm looking at over here from Daytona, <laughs> and I think at the by the mid to end end of the season there was like five outside of the endurance races, but there was usually f- like five racing in every every day so again there she is uh but uh, again you know i'm I'm, i mean i'm just shocked you put the you put them in the uh in the show rundown i thought for sure he would have just tossed them to the side just because uh, i
2: don't like them doesn't mean you can't talk about them it's it's like how jd hates the nordschleifer and therefore thinks it's bad like it's (laughs) not the same
0: thing so um they did win right
2: yeah um and and yeah so they're gonna go from like five cars doing the full season To At the moment, there's 13, might not be the full season, but there's 13 cars in GTD Pro um, currently on the Wikipedia page with all the entries. So, yeah, whilst whilst some of them might not do the full season, that's a huge expansion. So, suddenly, they're going to have so much more competition. Um, Yeah, I'm excited to see who takes it to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've also confirmed they will be keeping Kyle Kirkwood as their um, endurance driver.
0: Um,
2: If it ain't broke... Don't fix it, although I That's wish they right. would.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> just got rid of... Just You'd want them to get rid of one guy. You might root for him, but... Uh,
2: yeah, we'll see. You know, we, don't, we don't have to uh, say his name. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> still, the, still the old car. Uh, they, they they, haven't um, upgraded to the new Lexus just yet. Are we expecting that next uh, 25?
0: I, th- I think so. I think they said yeah. 2025 would be the year. The Mercedes copy, yeah.
2: Yeah, it looks...
0: Um, yep you got it (laughs) that's what i was gonna say (laughs)
2: um then we have a lineup that's changed manufacturer and drivers uh with FAF motorsports um obviously we've spoken a couple of weeks ago about how they're switching from porsche to mclaren which is huge news and it's going to take a long time for me to be able to process especially if they don't make it plaid right Um, right what what i don't think we have we've had you on the show what do you reckon is it is it going to stay plaid or is it gonna are they gonna change it
0: I don't know and maybe they're trying to keep it under wraps but I think I, I, I remember watching an interview that uh, Pruitt did with um, I forget the guy's name but he was one of the head honchos at FAF and they that was one of the questions they asked you know is, is will delivery have plaid and he, he kind of dodged it a little bit and, and seemed like the they might be moving in a different direction um, but, I mean I think that's along the same lines of like not having a yellow corvette right you yeah know are uh, I think the fans will will probably have a meltdown and and I mean I am wearing a f- Now, granted it's a faff jersey um out so it doesn't, one now but there's no yeah it, it, this is two years old I think um but yeah i I don't know I can't what what's the the joke the a, a papaya and uh and blue uh plan instead of yeah the, that, the black I, and red.
2: that i would struggle with that um yeah but i'd respect it if they if they went with it uh, yeah. yeah i i agree with you i think it much in the same way as we said with corvette it's such a key identifying thing with that team now right. um uh, you know i can see why pratt and miller went with the yellow uh because you know they, they want to keep some eyes on from fans who were previously fans of the team and it's a meme but it looks like right. a ferrari so if you change it I hope none of the Corvettes end up red because then it will right. be funny. Um, but yeah, same thing with, with FAF. I would be surprised if they didn't go with the Plaid just because it's such a recognisable livery now. It, it's, yeah. it's a modern day classic of sports car racing, I would say, in terms of, in terms of those liveries. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. If it's orange Plaid, <laughs> my God. Um, but the drivers who are going to be in uh, the FAF McLaren are going to be Marvin Kirchhofer, um, alongside Oliver Jarvis for the full season. And then for the endurance races, they're going to have James Hinchcliffe, as was announced last week. And then today, they've confirmed an additional fourth driver for the Rolex 24, Alexander Rossi. Nice. Um, those two, for your endurance drivers, fantastic. Obviously, mm-hmm. they've raced together before, both as teammates in IndyCar, and they've they've gone afield to do... Um, uh, the Bathurst 1000 before as well so they work well together um obviously Rossi's coming over due to his links with McLaren in, in IndyCar um it's good choices good choices all around absolutely
0: uh, another kind of uh you know uh what's the word I'm looking for but um you know uh, a-listers for mm-hmm. lack of a better term you know along with the Brendan Hartley and the Colton herders you know I think that's again you know big names coming to them so it's going to be you know a spectacle to watch mm. if not just for the for the names yeah <laughs> so.
2: and, and and whilst i enjoy like i've said it before i i, I much prefer the prototype racing and i prefer single seater racing so there are a lot of commonalities between uh single seater race cars and uh, uh prototypes in terms of the way they drive etc um i i quite like seeing some of these guys go into much different circumstances like going from single seaters to gts so yeah i'm, I'm excited to see how rossi and hinch get on yeah um next up because we're still not done um heart just go down the list
0: of all the all the teams right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just say hey they switched this they switched that all right on to the lmp2s no, it's mad
2: Heart of Racing, uh, they are going to be having, um, well, they're keeping Roman De Angelis, um, who is now a Gold Rater driver, apparently. Uh, but they're also going to be int- uh, welcoming in Mario Farnbacher and um, uh, Zach Robichaud uh, into their team alongside. So, so right, so they're going to have right. the 23, which will be uh, Farnbacher, Gunn, and Riberas. And then the 27, which will be D'Angelo Sorensen and um, someone else. It, it, yeah, Robichard. Yeah. This, oh my God, this is <laughs> <laughs> this is tough. Um, and then, so yeah, the 27 is going to be um, in GTD and the 23 is going to remain in GTD Pro. Um, and they're staying with manufacturer Aston Martin as well, which is good because mm-hmm. I, I, I like Aston Martin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I,
0: I um, do. I wish there was more.
2: Yeah, they they, they need a, like- a little bit of an expansion. Um, obviously, there's the high likelihood that we end up with the uh, prototype. If the uh, they they're doing it now, but knowing Formula One related teams, they could turn around and decide to kill it again. So we'll see in Aston Martin that way at least. Um, but yeah, that, I think I think are Aston Martin now the most underrepresented manufacturer in IMSA. Uh, I think they are it's just the two of them yeah oh no there's three there's a Magnus Racing Aston
0: Magnus that's right I couldn't remember the name yeah
2: but yeah I would I, I think I don't think there's any team that's got less cars than them oh Lexus <laughs> so that's um, true yeah um, next <laughs> AO Racing um, when it comes to liveries that there would be outcry if they changed I think the only one that's more than faff would be if AO Racing
0: got rid of Rexy yes um and what's so, the girl that roxy is the roxy, pink one yeah yeah i mean it's <laughs> they 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 nailed it with those I th- yeah I, like you said nothing more iconic and i think everyone would riot if they uh were to switch those up so we'll hopefully we we'll get to see the same
2: hopefully hopefully they, they've said um at the, at the end of the release today they said that the livery for the team's cars will be announced at a later date alongside the endurance lineups and partners um yeah if we get to daytona and there's a different livery on that car i will fly to daytona and fight them um <laughs> like you can't change that no I- if anything they need to put uh, a dinosaur livery on the lmp2 they have yeah, they do they maybe re- velociraptor
0: yeah. since a faster
2: oh, car a pterodactyl you know I mean? there you it's go it's got wings <laughs> it's true <it's laughs> that's true be sick
0: they could do all kinds of stuff uh, you my-
2: think about think about it, all the dinosaurs you could have
0: oh my god yeah my dip, son oh, loves this. that livery, by the way, too. And, they, and they, they nailed it. They've got, you know, my son always, when we're watching, is like, there's a dinosaur one, Dad! And I'm like, yeah, there it is. Roxy. <laughs> Rexy, sorry. There's too many dinosaurs now. So.
2: But that but that's how you get younger fans in. Is, absolutely. Is liveries, you know, colors, stuff like that. You know, that's... Great. We, we often talk about how motorsport needs to get young people engaged and <laughs> but fact, make, make a car look entertaining and they're more likely mm-hmm. to care. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, But AO Racing have expanded to LMP2 um, and they're going to be taking up um, Paul-Louis Chatan and um, I'm completely forgetting uh, PJ Hyatt uh, uh, are going to be moving up to LMP2 with the team whilst um, Sebastian Prio and Lawrence Heinrich will be moving to GTD Pro next year instead of remaining in GTD. Um, Big step up as we've said about with a lot of the competition that's oh, in yeah. that category, but I think they're ready for it. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Cause I mean, they ran, they ran, uh, at Le Mans as well, right? Yeah. They had a car out there and I think they've, they've got the experience. I, I don't think it's going to be a, a problem. Then again, good for the, for the class that was a little bit light this year, as far as, uh, all season. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she's now doing her dinosaur impression. She she she's That's heard what it. she's doing, exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you Like Roxy? Yeah? Yeah.
2: And now <laughs> she's, she's <smiling>. silent.
0: <laughs> um, no, <okay.
2: laughs> um another unchanged lineup. Um I I'm kind of saving the biggest news really until last year. So um Literally in the last few moments before we started recording, uh Kortoff Preston announced they are having a completely unchanged lineup. Uh they will be keeping um Mike Skeen, Mikhail and Mikhail Grenier for a full season in the Mercedes, um, with one of Mercedes' only remaining factory drivers at this point. Um Yeah. And and they'll be joined by Kenton cock in the uh, uh endurance rounds. So good for speaking them
0: speaking of the uh, sim racing tie i wonder if that opens a door for uh morad at all with that's a, a good point yeah guys you know the the big names are leaving maybe we'll see i he i i don't think he's announced anything yet but um no i, I can so. only assume that there's got to be an opening for him now somewhere on some team if yeah. it's not you know an m you know the cause I i know that he's um he did the. He, he was driving for an SRO team. It's, it, the, the name is is uh, escaping me right now. And obviously, he was with. Um, um. There it goes again. It's gone. I've got the hat behind <laughs> me. Uh, Winward. There it Windward. is. Yeah. <laughs> Winward. But um. It, but in the GT4, right? So. Yeah. We'll see. Uh,
2: then we've got Iron Links slash Iron Dames. Uh, they've confirmed today that they're going to have a three-car field for Daytona, um, with likelihood li- likelihood being a scale back to uh, two cars for the rest of the season. Um, in the Iron Lynx number 60, so far they've announced Matteo Cressoni and Claudio uh, Schiavone. Um, I don't believe they have yet confirmed their endurance driver. Um... No, it doesn't look like they have. Um, meanwhile, the Iron Dames car will be uh, Sarah Bovey, Rahel Frey, and Michelle Gatting with their fourth driver as yet unconfirmed. I wonder if they're waiting to hear what Dorian uh, Pin is doing. Um, right. Obviously, she's been racing LMP2 this year in uh, uh, WEC, but has done a lot of racing in IMSA as well in GT classes if uh, obviously with LMP2 going away from WEC but staying in IMSA there's a chance that Dorian gets picked up by an LMP2 team in IMSA but if not I'm sure she'll end up in the uh, Iron Dames Lamborghini from next year yes um, so that's cool cool to see three cars from the Iron Link stable and then we come to I think this for now of course this is all <laughs> likely to change the day's um,
0: not over. No, the day's not over. <laughs> Plus,
2: we actually get... This has all come out the day before the Daytona entry list right. is published. So, obviously, we're recording this on a Monday, so we're not going to be able to talk about that. Make sure you head over to our social media channel, at IntoThePaddock on Twitter. Um, to we'll, we'll, we'll post it there if you want to catch up with anything else that's been added. But the last big bit of sports car driver-related news that I wanted to talk about today is, is something that we kind of knew already. Um, after his announcement a couple day a couple weeks ago uh, regarding a codis uh, but Raffaele marcello has confirmed today that he is departing not just his team but mercedes um we we mentioned several yeah. times about drivers changing their allegiances um some of them long standing i don't think you get as long standing of a relationship right now as Raffaele marcello and mercedes that's that's a huge like he's not going anywhere he's going to still be racing so whoever gets him has
1: won
0: yeah (laughs) yeah i mean over the last like you said last couple years you think of mercedes amg on their sports car side you think of okay raffaele you know he's their the their their star he's their verstappen per se of uh their their program um yeah i mean Losing him and, and and Danny and um you know it's uh I think we were kind of speculating me I mean with the and, and we we've been touching on this you know for a while now with the emergence of the GTP class and the LMD um the LMDH or LMD <laughs> all of them you <laughs> know them GTP LMDH the works the fast ones right <laughs> um you know with Mercedes not having. A car um, I, they may lose some more drivers you know depending because there's what there there's grumblings about McLaren and um, we know basically um, Aston confirmed it I, I wouldn't be surprised if some of their top names don't leave within the next couple of years to go to one of these programs um, so we'll see we'll see if Mercedes looks at this and says we're fine you know we're, we're still not doing it or if they look at some of their departures and say you know we need to get in on this as well, or we're gonna lose uh, lose all of our star drivers. But um, no, that was a that's a big one. And and like you said, whoever he goes to, you got an instant star. You know you've got a an instant chance at a championship.
2: And he could end up anywhere. Like mm-hmm. he could stay in GT racing. He could move up to prototypes. I think if he were to move up to prototypes, I imagine it would be straight up to lmdh yeah. like, i i don't think a driver of his notoriety i i like if it was a case of race in lmp2 or don't at all i i'm sure he would sure. but his whole thing is global racing um and world endurance doesn't have lmp2s anymore so um i i i don't know i i feel like yeah he's either gonna stay in GT racing or he's going to move to prototypes i i i, 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 I can't even bet on where he's going to end up at the moment. But I would love to see him in LMDH. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it would be cool if he stayed in GT3s, but I would love to see a driver of his caliber who has become so notorious in the sports car racing world over the last six years he's been with Mercedes right. s- to see what he could do in a prototype. I, I'm sure he would kick the absolute ass out of most
0: people. Absolutely. I thought someone, and I could be imagining this, someone mentioned the BMW. Um. Yeah,
2: that seems to be the strongest one uh, right now. It was rumored, I believe, in September uh, from uh, John Dagis for, uh, uh, for Sports Car that 365 that there was, yeah. the, I think it was the same time they were confirming about these talks with Vettel uh, racing alongside Button and Kubica. Yes. Um, they they seem to suggest at the time that Marcello was linked with WRT, um in the gtp so that would be cool um i'd be down for that and obviously they haven't yeah. confirmed any of their lineups for him sir either yet so and that right. would be a chance for him to race as as a manufacturer that's going to be in wec next year as well he could do both mm-hmm. or a hybrid of the, of the two so we'll, we'll just have to wait and see knowing our luck he'll announce it tomorrow right um <laughs> so, so that's just we'll the way i him is. on the daytona
0: 24 lineup you know uh, uh, yeah oh well.
2: But uh, yeah, his final race for Mercedes is going to be Macau this weekend uh, as a part of the uh, big sports car race they have there. Um, he, have you seen? He's got a, a new crash helmet design to commemorate his years with Mercedes. It looks really cool. I have not. I'll it,
0: put that up. Yeah, look at it,
2: it. It's 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 it slaps. It really does. Um, just w- whilst we mention Macau. Um, next on next week's show obviously we're going to be talking about the shit show that is vegas um so you've got that to look forward to next week but we're also going to be talking about the macau grand prix um don't want to spend too much time on this because we'll be talking about it more next week but i know a lot of people out there don't necessarily watch macau or or know that much about it but it's one of the most historic race weekends well, in particular, street race weekends that there is on the motorsport calendar, and you've got a little bit of everything. They they've been racing the last weekend with some of the smaller series. That some Toyota GT eighty sixes have gone round. Uh, Formula Four have raced there. But this coming weekend is uh, the big weekend with the the GT three races. The World Touring Cars are there. Motorbikes race there, which is just insane. And then you've Damn. got the the main event, which is the Grand Prix for uh, featuring formula three machinery um i believe that race is going to be happening the main the main macau grand prix formula three race is going to be on about the same time the vegas grand prix is on so if you're watching vegas and it's inevitable shit show that it's going to be and you would like to watch some proper racing um i believe you're going to be able to watch macau on the fia youtube channel for free so if you're awake at that time maybe consider it and we'll be talking about that and anything that happened at macau on next week's show um a couple of other bits so i think we're done with sports cars now um unless we start the second half and check twitter and raffaele marcello's announced he's going to red bull next year to, to partner max verstappen
0: um, I did just check out that helmet, and you are absolutely correct. It slaps. I can't it, it wait does. for somebody to uh make it for us to use in iRacing. <laughs> so I'm sure it'll be uh any day now, yeah. Um, but it has the different cars on, like the different livery, like so it looks like a classic, um, like the black and silver Mercedes look, AMGs on the helmet, um. But then he does have a like a small image of I'm assuming his championship or race winning cars, so it has that. Um, like on the far left, it has the the Puma livery yeah. from the da- uh, from from the Spa 24, which I love that livery. Um, looks like the uh, the Mand filter um, and a couple other cool looking liveries on there. But yeah, that that is.
2: And like all the team names and his teammates' yeah, names on the top as well. So cool. it's such a cool livery, uh, helmet livery. I, that's great. Yeah. Really, really cool.
0: Excellent. Um, <laughs> sorry. I had, I had to, I no,
2: had to no, mention that. Absolutely. Um, couple of other bits of news from elsewhere in the world of motorsport, not just sports cars to talk about. Um, we mentioned the shit show that is Vegas. It's come out over the last few days as the series r- ramps up with preparations for Vegas. Um, some of the failings in the planning have come to light because all of a sudden everybody has realised that this weekend is going to be really, really cold because nobody realised that in a desert in November at night, it's cold. (laughs) Chief amongst which Ross Braun, who is obviously part of of, uh, Liberty Media and um, part of Formula One and brokered this deal in part to go and race in Vegas, he admitted that they hadn't considered that vegas gets very cold initially like and this doesn't come as a surprise because i remember back to when they announced miami when they were originally planning the miami grand prix they wanted that in september which is florida's yeah. hurricane season
0: yeah like
2: <laughs> they just don't <laughs> you've got this multi 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 million possibly billion pound deal that and, and all this money and contracts that are changing hands and no one thought to open accu weather are you serious <laughs> fuck me it's like did, did nobody speak to somebody who lives there about right. it well if they, actually if they did then they would have been told to fuck off because everybody in vegas doesn't want Oh, it. they do, they,
0: um, they do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's just like the, the potential for this race weekend to be an absolute shit show due to the weather conditions there is a, if it drops below five degrees celsius um for the race it will be the coldest race there has ever been in formula one it will beat one of the canadian grand prix from the 80s um wow <laughs> and and you know the track layout doesn't lend itself to tire warm up either with those huge straights. Pirelli have come out warning the t- the teams and and the sport that the extreme temperatures and the lack of cool-out could deform the tires. Well,
0: that's good news.
2: <laughs> it's just gonna be, it's gonna a, be a crash t- fest, shit show. But the problem is, it's this this whole race and the whole marketing around it is designed for the people, you know that think that races that are chaos are good races, even if it's just people crashing. So if it is a shit show where everybody's crashing because of the temperatures, people are still going to think it's a good race.
0: Right. <sighs> it's just... The only upside to it? Maybe Verstappen crashes and somebody else wins. That's the only thing I'm going to say. But I, I don't want... Like you said, I want to see a Wreckfest. They make a video game for that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe Verstappen doesn't win, but... With the with how big the straights are on this uh, this track, I it, it's probably going to go Red Bull one, maybe Red Bull two. two <laughs> depends on how uh, Checo's feeling.
2: Yeah, I, I've I, I'd put some money on Ferrari, maybe because they've they've usually been traditionally been pretty good at tire warm up. Um, so we'll just have to see, I suppose. Um, but when you know when you've got a race where um, uh, Jalapenix uh, Elizabeth Blackstock. Um, Uh, today spoke to uh, i think it was about 10 or 15 people who visit live in or work in vegas ahead of the grand prix and she said that there were some people who actually said that they wish the mob still ran vegas so that they could make this not happen (laughs) that's how opposed (laughs) they are apparently a lot of the locals are hoping the event goes completely bankrupt Uh, and it's just (laughs) it's utter utter just oh it's it's a shit show
0: have you seen the memes with the uh, you've seen the the bubble the las vegas bubble the, sphere, thing, yeah. the globe the sphere yeah some of the the memes that are coming out
2: oh yeah because f1 thought it would be a good idea or sky sports to to make it a green screen and say yeah. what what should be on the sphere and yep. immediately people have i've seen people have photoshopped <laughs> the start of the 2005 indie indie race with the six cars on the grid mm-hmm. um <laughs> I, i've seen indy car put on there um nielsen racing put that um they should put on the first four la uh first four hours of the Spa race this year so that the fans can watch a good race
0: i saw they had the uh the infamous uh fight between toto and uh um, <laughs> christian oh, christian Change yeah your fucking car don't you fucking car, <laughs> Change <your> fucking car. <laughs> Even Sheckhorst says uh, it's ah. fucked. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> fucking amazing. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm not looking forward to this weekend. I'm not waking up for it. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. But I am looking forward to everything that is going to make this event fall to pieces. Yes. I, I hope, I, I genuinely, sincerely, as a fan of Formula One for... 13 years which doesn't sound a lot compared to some people who watch the show i know but for you know formula one has been the, the series for the vast majority of the time that i've watched motorsport has been the one that i love the most so as a genuine fan of formula one i hope this is the worst weekend formula one has since indie i i i, I if if this whole event fell flat on its ass and was just completely shit i would i would be so happy it just encapsulates everything wrong yeah. with modern formula 1. It's so, true. I yeah. I I, I let's hope.
0: Yeah. <laughs> One and done. Yeah. But oh, we'll, we'll see be the spectacle and then okay. Get back to gambling. <laughs>
2: um speaking of things that um a lot of fans are up in arms about. We've, we've we've had a leak. Um and I'm not talking about your daughter. I don't know whether she might have um you know. <laughs> I don't know whether she's wet leaking? She, she
0: looks pretty happy right now. I so did I change know. her diaper okay, about good. an hour ago, but uh, we'll see. Let's hope.
2: Um, but uh, <laughs> No, uh, we've had a leak courtesy of Reddit. Um, now, it, it's important to state already that, that we don't know whether this is official or not. We don't know what this is necessarily for. But last week, um, an image circulated on Reddit of NASCAR's uh, potential electric vehicle that they've been working on. So we've known for a couple of years now that they've been experimenting with the idea of having a support category that is electric vehicles. Um, and and I don't know, when I first heard that, I was expecting, you know, same body styling, same cars, just with electric power trains. The leak that we've had is a crossover um, with a huge rear wing on the back. <laughs> it looks like a touring car
0: is it like the must i can see kind of the front end. kind of reminds me of the mustang what's it called machi e?
2: it looks it looks like yeah. a cross between a Mackie and someone pointed out that it looks a bit like um oh what was it one of the toyotas um a kind of a little bit like a corolla
0: yeah the back How of the 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 back around the roof four maybe has, yeah yeah
2: and I'm trying to I remember the Chevy that it looks like the Blazer. I think it looks a little yeah. bit like a Chevy Blazer.
0: <laughs> it does um, in in a
2: very very attractive brown uh, shade of brown. There, I think that that
0: it's the the that special uh, six month old poop brown. Yeah, a little bit of a a lightish brown.
2: <laughs> yeah, that that is something I like.
0: That's what I saw earlier today <laughs> when you changed. <laughs> yeah, it's um, right. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, Yeah, it's not known what factory this place is in. There are some NASCAR logos in the background. I'm sure some NASCAR, uh, like people who are big on on the teams might be able to tell what shop this is in or whether it's in NASCAR's own place. Um, It's an interesting concept. I mean, I would have thought that NASCAR, you know, the idea of bringing electric racing to NASCAR is, I'm sure one of the most unpopular things that nascar could do with its traditional fan base i'm sure they're they're you know they don't even like toyota being in there let alone having electric cars right. um so i would have thought that they would have when they introduced electric in any capacity they would have wanted to have had that be the major change but to then go the route of having a crossover instead of the traditional style of stock car it's like they thought well we're gonna fuck them off anyway so we might as well see how far we can push it that's right i I quite like it in fairness i'd be quite interested to see how it races yeah um i'm not sure about the wing on the back it looks a bit forza aero to me
0: Would Um, they be running like a, a roval setup at these races or would it just be the the normal oval
2: well that's the other thing you would assume if NASCAR are considering an electric future, then they're going to have to have electric on ovals at some point. It it wouldn't surprise me if it made its debut on road courses, because obviously that's more of a traditional locale for electric motorsport these days. Um, but at some point it's going to have to race on, on an oval. Um, it's true the back. We can't see the back. It looks relatively flat. I'm assuming they'd be able to push. Um, you wouldn't have to worry about cooling Mm -hmm. necessarily. Um, yeah, I, I I'm interested to see a whether this is real. Uh, all the images have been taken down everywhere but on Reddit. Um,
0: yeah, so or somebody so, just took their uh, Mustang Mach-E and tricked it out,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then smashed a Chevy Blazer into the site. That's right. Of it. Like, yeah, I, I I'll just be interested to see whether this happens. And I would love when they announce whatever they're doing with electric, whether it's this or something else. I cannot wait to read the replies on twitter because every person with a a black and white um uh like uh, facebook picture with the sunglasses on you know <laughs> every single one of those are going to be so angry it's going to be it's going to be wonderful um Absolutely. a couple bits to end this half uh, from indycar uh, today graham ray hall has announced a multi-year extension with surprise surprise ray hall at melanogum racing um he hasn't he said, must know a guy he must yeah i wonder who he <laughs> knows at the team um obviously there's been speculation over the last few years about how long ray hall was going to remain in this season however after particularly the latter half of this season where he's really kind of returned out of nowhere because he's been fucking mid for ages um he, he's he's really improved and it doesn't surprise me that he's it surprises me that he's done a multi-year um i would have fought a driver in his position with his surname he could probably agree to just do a year-on-year rolling and just right. decide himself when he leaves but equally the same thing equally if he had a terrible year next year i'm sure he would be able to just say hey dad can i stop now like <laughs> right. I, i'm sure it wouldn't be that difficult but um yeah good for him um absolutely and i hope that the um sort of re-emergence of Ray Hall at Lanagan racing continues. Obviously they had a really difficult Indianapolis 500 where he failed to qualify, but the rest of the year they've been really, really good. And, and with the lineup of the experience of Ray of Graham, uh, the experience of, of Christian Lungard now, who is a race winner. And then the newcomer of Pietro Fittipaldi, that's a good lineup. So hopefully, hopefully it works out for them. Um, and then the other bit of IndyCar news, Andretti, um, since the end of the season in September, there's been kind of a there's been a will they won't they in terms of how many cars they're committing to for next year. Obviously, they'd already announced that Romain Grosjean is leaving, and they announced the arrival of Marcus Ericsson uh, alongside their previous drivers of Kyle Kirkwood and Colton Herta. But there was a question mark over their fourth entry as they confirmed that Re- that Grosjean was leaving, and they also confirmed that Devlin de Francesco wasn't going to be continuing. Um, well, after months of of talks as to whether they were going to stay rob, rob edwards the coo of andretti said that the, if the right deal came along they'd run a four um it looks like the right deal didn't come along because they've settled on three they're going to be scaling back to three cars um All right. i've got to say that's probably a good thing um they've been a bit wayward um sometimes uh, over the last few years they haven't really had a championship challenge since alexander rossi in like 2018 or 2017 or something like that so yeah i think it makes sense for them to scale back and um you know concentrate on three instead of four and see if they can get back right. into championship contention because they've got the drivers to do so
0: absolutely yeah sometimes if you you stretch yourself too thin i, I i've got experience with that so uh, <laughs> yeah. you're gonna scale it back a little bit and you know focus on uh what you can control so yeah we'll see uh, I'd like to see them get back and, you know, contesting for for race wins again, though. Definitely. More so than they were. It it
2: seems mad that they can be so hot and cold. Like, Kyle Kirkwood this year was able to win two races. Meanwhile, every other driver in that team really didn't do anything. Um, Right. And when you've got a driver who is as talented as Colton Herter is, you know, I know he has a tendency to throw things at the scenery from time to time, but he should be able to win a lot more than he is currently. And that isn't all down. Yeah.
0: I think last year was a, was definitely a letdown for him. Hmm.
2: But yeah, we will see how that goes. Um, that almost does it for our first half ish of the show. Um, In the second half of the show, we're going to be talking about uh, a sim racing-related discussion when it comes to motorsport. Um, But before we go off for our uh, break for the second half, I did want to mention some sad news from the world of racing that came out over the weekend um, relating to the off-road racing world and extreme E. We've we've spoken about extreme E a couple of times on the show. We kind of stopped talking about it because it's been a bit all over the place. (laughs) Um, But I I felt important to mention um, Kyle Leduc, um, Kyle, who I believe is a seven-time uh, champion in Pro 4 truck racing um, and has also competed in events like Extreme E with Chip Ganassi Racing. He helped them to their first win uh, um, in Sardinia last year, I believe. Um, it was announced back in uh, June, I believe, that he was going to be stepping away from racing as he had been diagnosed with um, with cancer. Um, and it was confirmed over the weekend that, unfortunately, he has passed away at the age of 42 um just uh yeah just in- incomprehensible news really um wh- whilst a lot of my racing uh passion is with on tra- uh, tarmac racing you know i i would caught bits of extreme e and bits of off-road racing elsewhere and you know um kyle was one of the first drivers in extreme e uh with chip Ganassi racing and almost immediately upon his arrival he kind of announced himself as one of the it, it, I, he pushed to the absolute wall every single time he was on i was gonna say on track but they're not really on track um he he just balls to the wall constantly it, it's incredible the amount of commitment that all of those people have but you could see with kyle it was another level um i think that comes from the pro four trucks you've got to be aggressive as fuck to drive those things anyway right. <laughs> um but yeah it, it's incomprehensible really to to have a scenario where you see a driver competing and winning one year and then the next year a diagnosis happens and and that's it it's it's just horrible horrible uh news um yeah just felt it and felt it important to mention that uh it's always sad whenever we lose a driver from racing um be it as a result of the racing or of, of something else so just thoughts with his family i believe he he's uh, he's survived by uh, um his wife and their two children thoughts with them thoughts with uh, all the people he's raced with and driven with and uh, all of his friends and family um that will do it for this half of the into the Paddock podcast join us after the short break as we will uh, talk a little bit about sim racing um and how it has uh, impacted the world of real motorsport so join us shortly after this
0: With half the show gone, there's still half the show still still to go. This is the Into the
1: Paddock Podcast. This is the Into the Apex Motorsport Podcast Network. Going to the weekend with the Into the Apex Podcast, reliably producing sim racing and iRacing banter for over three years. Tyler, Bradley, Patrick, and Rob come together each week to hang out, and everyone's invited. Coming out of the Motorsport Weekend, there's the of the Paddock Podcast, where Jordan, Greg, and John will dig deep into all the real motorsport happenings from pretty much every series out there. There are no cold takes on ITP. It's all on the Into the Apex Motorsport Podcast Network. We're here for you every week, and we're bringing the provocative motorsport talk. Into the Apex is excited to introduce a monthly subscription. For 99 cents a month, get regular, exclusive audio and video content on the Into the Apex podcast feed presented by Spotify. Into the Apex After Dark? Only fans Into the Apex? Infowars, Into the Apex? We're not too sure what it's called just yet, but we do know that it's edgy, It's provocative. It's everything we do here at the Into the Apex Motorsport Podcast Network. To subscribe, go to IntoTheApex.com and hit the subscription button down below.
0: This is Into the Apex Motorsport Podcast Network.
2: Welcome back to this week's episode of the Into the Paddock podcast. Before we get started with our second part of the show, uh, this is your weekly reminder to make sure that you're following us on all our various social media channels. Uh, We are at Into the Paddock with the number two on uh, Twitter, Instagram and Threads. Uh, You can follow us there to stay up to date with when our latest episodes go live every Tuesday. Um, Also, be sure to check out our affiliated podcast on the Into the Apex podcast network and subscribe to the Into the Apex YouTube channel to see video clips from our show and our sister shows. And uh, if you are a fan of the Into the Apex podcast network, um, you can sign up for 99 cents a month for premium access uh, to exclusive content through Spotify and Anchor. So if you're interested in any of that, uh, head over to uh, intotheapex.com. Here at the Into the Apex podcast network, obviously we're heavily influenced by sim racing obviously the the network started off with the into the apex podcast which is relating to sim racing particularly i-racing and i think it's safe to say that over you know you you and i both sim race um right we we both met through the into the apex podcast network um and and i think it's safe to say that motorsport and sim racing is i think one of the biggest uh, or most comparable um sort of you know you know you see real world sports and their virtual counterparts and there's often a disconnect mm. you know the, the way i i've often heard it described and and, and exampled the best is with football for example yes. you know you can be good at fifa but the skill set required to be good at fifa is completely different to be good at sim racing right. whereas there will always be a much more uh, solid partnership between sim racing and real racing just because of having a wheel and pedals you know the inputs mm-hmm. are the same and a lot of the the things you know there's differences you, you you don't have g-force and stuff like that right but from visually one-to-one it's very very similar so th- there's always been a, a, a i think a strong partnership between the virtual and the real worlds of, of sim racing but since covid and and the, and the pandemic uh, and where as um uh, john heindorf once said that uh, sim racing became real racing for that half a year that we were in lockdown i think that partnership has strengthened more and more so i, w- I wanted to take some time uh to talk about sim racing and the effect that it's had on uh, real motorsport particularly in the mm-hmm. last few years um so yeah we we, we both sim race um my, my first experience of I, I actually think i was a fan of racing games before i became a fan of real motorsport simply because my dad had a steering wheel um oh, and, nice. and i liked driving at the speed limit on toka race driver 2. um <laughs> and and then that kind of then got me into racing like just just witnessing what it was like to actually do it albeit on a very minor capacity that that kind of led me into racing so so with, with you i know you got into motorsport uh through uh f1 and then got into real motorsport after that with it sports car racing um yes was the sim racing alongside that before that after that
0: <laughs> so i've always um like some of my earliest memories of I, call it sim racing call it simcade um was the game cruising usa on the Ooh, nintendo wow. 64 um that's where i got my start <laughs> as far as racing right so um and like going to the arcades, I always loved jumping on the the cruise in USA on at the arcades and any sort of racing game at the arcade. I absolutely loved it. I just thought it was cool. Um, I've always liked go karts as a kid,s and just always, you know, was a fan of that style. The I, I think for me that total immersion and like I tell this to my wife too. Like a you know, it, it's it's true, but it's another excuse to try to get on the the Simrig as well. But like for me especially now that i'm older getting on my sim rig it it requires your your eyes your ears your feet and your hands and if i'm having a rough day jumping on the rig and just do even if i'm just doing some practice laps it takes it requires my total focus and helps me um you know calm down or or gives me a a break um you know from the the everyday life um and and i've and I know I jumped forward really quick, but I mean, it's, it's, it's true for me. It, it, it's, it's definitely an escape, um, a way to unwind and, and, uh, depending on if you, you get wrecked out or not, but, uh, <laughs> but for the, for the most part, um, there's no, there, there's nothing like it. You know, there's no other gaming, maybe outside of flight simulator, um, that has that, this level of inputs required, um, to To be successful, so, um, but my, I, 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 I've always, always been a video gamer ever since you know I had the Nintendo, um, the, 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 oh, Super Nintendo. I've had every Nintendo that's has come out all the way up to the, the, the Cube, and then switched to Xbox and the PlayStation, and back and forth and back and forth. Had both of them for a while, um, but I've always been a big gamer, um, but it's it's funny like i've i've watched racing before like i you know you watch you watch formula one or you watch like some nascar races and um it wasn't until i i was i was shopping for a car and so i was watching these youtubers that were basically reviewing cars and the one youtube show that popped up it's it's called the everyday driver and they have their own podcast um and so I used to listen. That was my, my first kind of experience with podcasts, too. I, that's the first one that I really listened to. Um, they had one out twice a week. Um, but they, they did this thing. They called it the pilgrimage. And they still do it today. Um, they take a group of, like, 10 or 12 listeners um, over to, to Europe. And they, um, they, they rent cars and, and run the Nordschleife. And, and um, they, I, I believe they run spa as well. Um, And the one guy, uh, trust me, I'm getting to the point, (laughs) the the one guy was explaining how he had, um, I want to say he had Gran Turismo, like one of the newer versions of it, and was racing the the Nordschleife in the video game, and how it, you know, not, again, G-forces, you know, even with Gran Turismo, the force feedback, not the best, but the actual laser scan track that you can actually, you know, turn by turn, Um, you know, you can have that one-to-one, um, I guess, sightline of what that track would look like if you're in the car. And I think there's something about that that just kind of sparked my interest. Um, so that led to me buying a, um, just a uh, Thrustmaster, I think it's the one, the Xbox package that came with pedals and a wheel. And, um, and so the first game I bought was Project Cars 2, um, and I, I, it's a shame what they did to Project Cars 3, but... Oh, yeah. We could do a whole other podcast on that. But <laughs> it was such an immersive g- game. Maybe not so much the physics-wise, but, um, you know, it, it had, you know, real cars all the way from... The, pardon me for that, but uh, all the way from, like, a, a Renault Clio all the way up to a, a Corvette GTLM. Um, and... And so it was kind of like both for me. Like, uh, I got into racing because I, I was doing more um, sim racing. And I think I was doing more sim racing because I started watching racing. Um, and um, for me, what what basically got me hooked was on Father's Day, um, was it 2018, when my son was born. Um, I watched, I think, 18 hours of it, maybe 19, because my son was he was younger than her now. Um and I just absolutely became infatuated with it. The, you know, the fact that these guys were run 24 hours in a car, a race, you know, not even just just running 24 hours, but you're racing other vehicles, and then there's other classes, and um, it just absolutely exploded from there. And and uh, now you can see behind me, I've got the Corvette race. I mean, I've got this this big sim rig with the triple monitors now. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm fully, I was going to say fully engorged, which I am, but I'm fully... <laughs> <laughs> fully committed to to sim racing now um and it's 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 just wild but i think um you know that that was i guess the the short story of 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 how john got into sim racing and, and racing in general so
2: <laughs> but, but we, uh, we see it a lot nowadays with so many people are gamers i, th- I think I, right. I, I read an article the other day that said that there's an estimated like uh three billion video game players in the world Wow uh, and it's expected to be up by 0.3 billion by next year or something like that
0: Wow um,
2: and with, with so many people being fans of it and and obviously the demographic sways toward younger um, and then and then you look at it on the flip side where a lot of racing series in the last few years have been talking about how they need to try and get more people interested um you know formula one's boom because of drive to survivor side a lot of racing has witnessed downturns in in viewership nascar for example this season their viewership was well down and a lot of people don't really understand why um so
0: when it comes to motorsport games couldn't (laughs) couldn't deliver for them (laughs) that's that's it (laughs) it's because
2: it's it's completely because of 21 ignition um but yeah, so it, it, it logic dictates. Then you know, uh, a lot of motorsport fans are older. A lot of gamers are younger, stereotypically. Uh, so you have seen a conscious effort from a lot of racing series to get into the gaming re- realm to, to try and encapsulate and try try and capture this younger audience. Because at the end of the day, if you've got an older audience for something, they're going to die at some point. Spoiler alert: We're not immortal yet. Uh, god forbid we ever do become so um so yeah you've you've seen a contracept from a lot of racing um organizations to try and break into the world of racing over the last 10 years specifically you know we've had a, we you know racing games have been around for a lot longer um but you know it's it's really exploded and then when you consider as i mentioned a couple of minutes ago after covid sim racing right. seemed to really explode i racing uh doubled uh, over doubled their membership in that time and that's right. a really expensive form of sim racing so god only knows the amount of people that took up gaming in in more affordable ways in consoles etc um so it it goes two ways obviously we see a lot of uh, a there's been a lot of chat over the last year in particular, when it comes to series having dedicated games. Um, you mentioned NASCAR, uh, with motorsport games and the 21 ignition, you know, NASCAR traditionally have been very good at, at gaming integration. Uh, the games like dirt to Daytona and, and some of the earlier EA NASCAR titles are still really revered as is, uh, NASCAR, uh, 2003. Right. um, but then obviously you've seen in the last couple of years that's kind of tapered away with their exclusives to deal with motorsport games and nascar have been very frustrated outwardly sometimes with their lack of representation in in racing um which is mad to me considering they're the best at it because yeah whilst they haven't got a dedicated console game at the moment or one that works they're Representation within NASCAR and the esports scene they have with with the uh, Coca Cola iRacing series is, I would say, huge. class leading. Yeah, um, e- huge. even above Formula One. So I, I think the fact that they are frustrated when they are so well represented shows how important they view video games as a market for getting new fans in. Right. And, and and you know we were just talking about how like our love for sim racing and motorsport kind of came around at the same time it was hand in hand and mm-hmm. i would say i'm a lot more of a motorsport fan nowadays because of sim racing because oh, you a, can because you can relate percent. to yeah. it you can you can try you can get even a small percentage of the feeling of what it must be like to drive cars right and that gives you I a mean- deeper understanding and appreciation
0: my big thing is like i know for example like the the last race for the seasons at Petit Le Mans. so um you know not only is there a special event in i racing that that lines up within that was it a week before um and i is really good at doing that is uh, is having that special event that mimics the exact race that's going to happen um you know within that same week um and even if there's not a special event you know i I like. If I'm watching a race, I, I I will pick out that track in iRacing and I will run it. And 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 like you said, it's like, you know, I can especially when they go to like the in car cameras, I'm like, holy shit, that I mean, like that's what that's the view I get when I'm when I'm racing and there's no you know, you, you can't put on, like, an in-car helmet cam or an in, in-helmet cam for football, right? I mean, yeah. you could, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you can't relate to that, right? Or no. you mean, or put on your VR headset and start running around your house. <laughs> you, you, you might break some shit, but, um, but no, I think that's what it, uh, um, And the fact that, like, a game with, like, iRacing or, you know, even a set of Corsa, like, those tracks are laser scanned. I mean, you're hitting slight bumps in that tarmac that is the same exact thing as it is in real life if it hasn't been repaved yet or they need to update the track but um but no i don't think there's i, I, I just i don't think there's anything like it um in in the gaming world uh, sim world sorry i don't know if that's the if i just cursed or uh, <laughs> with that word but um but i think we and we and we saw I mean, how many times did NASCAR mention iRacing this year, especially with, with William Byron doing as well as he did <laughs> and the shout-outs that he gave? Um, who else? Um, Scotty. Um, Scott McLaughlin uh, said Scott, it a lot yeah, with, the, with the class
2: preparation.
0: Yes, for, um, was that Sebring? Uh, you know, Daytona it,
2: or Sebring, yeah, one of the I
0: think Yeah, maybe, maybe even both. But, um, you know, just a, it, it, you've got the top racers from in their class and in their – um, you know, in their division, in their car class that are coming out and saying, hey, yeah, I, I was practicing on racing." I mean, it gives, and it gives, um, I guess, as far as the effect it would have on the, the actual racers, it gives them, quote-unquote, seat time that they couldn't have in real life, right? I mean, again, not going to be one-for-one one what they're going to feel, but the sights, their braking markers, you know, the things that they need to focus on to to memorize those those laps they can get that through through i-racing <laughs> she,
2: she's a big fan of sim racing well. she
0: wants to jump on the sim rig
2: <laughs> yeah yeah just get 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 like a booster seat or something or some stilts and she'll be able to reach the pedals no problem um no yeah i think it, it, you're absolutely right it i, I think that it, it's 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 that integration of 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 seeing the real racing drivers give it uh, you know legitimise the medium, and, and and constantly talking about how representative it is of real racing. I, I think I think that is what sim racing as a medium has over any other kind of, of virtual counterpart. Uh, as I said at the beginning, is is how similar it is um, mm-hmm. in, in so many different ways. Um, and yeah, and yeah, as, as we were saying with with NASCAR as one of the I, I think nascar would be if i had to pick a series that does the integration of sim racing the best i would say nascar once like developer problems aside they've got the <laughs> right idea because they've got for for new fans for the younger fans that they want to bring into nascar they want to have a console game and once they have the i racing game right. out they'll finally have one that's good um, right. <laughs> but then they're also catching the other end of the sim racing spectrum by having a simulation element within iRacing. I, personally, I, I've said this for so many years, that is the format that a lot of these series should be having. Um, 100%. It, it, it's, it's okay to have a game that does both formula one uh their their series of games whilst i'm annoyed that they come out every year because not enough changes for it to warrant spending 60
0: bucks um it's like the fifa
2: yeah (laughs) but they they have a physics engine and and the level of assists that they have that you can turn on and off it it feels satisfying enough to play as a as a hardcore sim racer but it's also very very accessible for new players right um and particularly for Formula One, that's got a lot of new fans that aren't really knowledgeable about motorsport as a whole. Right. That's really important because you want you want those people to buy your game, and you don't want them to be completely out of their element because they don't know how to drive it. So, so th- they do a good job of doing both. But even I, Formula One, you know, whilst unofficially, they have got a more hardcore sim representation with the Mercedes being an iRacing, for example. Um, so. You know they kind of have they, they kind of have a similar thing to NASCAR. On the opposite end of the spectrum, obviously we've seen sim racing explode and and, t- and series wanting to attract younger fans. We've seen in the last couple of years a number of other series trying to get into the world of, of sim racing and failing, uh, notably with motorsport games. Um, <laughs> and I think when it comes to who does who who integrates sim racing the worst, for me it's got to be IndyCar. Um, yeah.
0: I was just going to mention that. Which
2: is such a shame because they a couple of years ago during COVID they were in a really good position because they had representation through iRacing which they had mm-hmm. been partners with for a while they were able to put on the esports series and the drivers were then able to give advice on where the series where where iRacing was lacking which allegedly people behind the scenes weren't too fans too much of a fan of how vocal they were against it in, in cases. Um, but nevertheless, you know, they had that representation on the hardcore sim, and then they were announcing that they were going to have a standalone game. So they could have been in a position where they had both bases covered like NASCAR. Right. And then they decided to pull their representation from iRacing and, and make it so that whilst the cars remained, you couldn't drive on any of the official tracks in events. You didn't have the Indy 500 anymore, which is one of the biggest sim racing yep. events of the year. So not only have they completely fluffed that partnership that was really really good, they then partnered with Motorsport Games, and it looks like that game any day now could probably be announced. It's it's already been postponed. Right. Uh, that development has has temporarily ceased. Um, it it's not coming out. That game uh, we won't we won't no. see that game.
0: F- fuck Motorsport Games. So, so
2: now IndyCar have <laughs> left themselves in a position where. They've got no official representation in a game.
0: They just need to tuck their tail and come back to iRacing. Yeah, and, or and or
2: go to a developer that's somewhat competent.
0: Yeah, anybody else really? I mean, any literally anyone else in the sim racing world. Yeah. <laughs> world. Yeah. I mean, I know we've I, I know our sister show has talked about this, uh, you know, at nauseum. But um, but yeah, just what a horrible horrible move that they did, and um, you know, they're they're paying the price for it now because they, you know. Probably won't have a game next year. It may be two years before they get a game. Um, you know, but I think NASCAR doing what they did hopefully is the kind of the guide for for IndyCar to come back. You know, or or at yeah. least maybe they maybe they allow Indy uh, NASCAR to do the the sim you know the hardcore sim side, and they have a different developer do their their actual game. But to be honest with you, I mean the the stuff that iRacing has been working on they've mentioned career mode as part of their their um you know development updates you know they, they the fact that nascar just ch- chose them too. Sh- you know that gives me the confidence to say well you know iRacing can put out a game that Absolutely. can have that kind of career mode single player aspect to it and um you know i am i i think anyone anybody at this point that that looks at motorsport games and gives them a single nickel is, is out of their mind. And I think, you know, we're seeing what the BTCC just departed. Yep. Um, NASCAR announced it not too long ago. And, uh, my, my daughter hates motorsport games. And I'm she's sure damn right to do her. so. Like she, so, she um, knows. yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, it motorsport games was, it has, I think caused, delays for all of us sim racers that you know uh, we can never forgive them for you know they've probably put at least a two-year delay on a lot of the series the games that we games sims that we wanted to see um apparently they're going to have this Le Mans game coming out um yeah i've you know, to we'll,
2: doubt on that
0: we'll see but. uh we'll see if it's just a rebadged uh, r factor Two, um but you know um outside of motorsport games though i think <laughs> all there's yeah, a lot the of reference to be had you know i think even on the the gt3 side obviously acetta corsa competizione um, you know their partnership with the sro and and uh, the fanatec gt world challenge like uh, again they had a great um, partnership you know they had um, i think every weekend that there was a race um, for the most part with the gt world challenge and gt world challenge europe they had a a race that was done by um you know actual racer uh professional racers too um in that series and i think um i I just think that that integration is going to continue to grow and i think the more that they integrate um and realize that that sim racing is bringing on that new clientele that new that new uh fan base you know it it only is only going to benefit them more to to get more and more involved and and now we see imsa and and with the help of iRacing, and they i mean they've almost got a one-to-one representation not only of the tracks but they've got almost all of their cars in there now too so um you know i, I think and now they're running that imsa series too the professional one for the next couple of races here so um yeah i mean it i think i think it's a, a beautiful marriage or a beautiful relationship that that motorsports um you know are recognizing within the sim racing world and, and vice versa
2: yeah and, it, and and it goes both ways it's great because not only it does it benefit the fans because they've got something to play that's representative and they can get more involved but it it, it does really help the racing series if if new fans get involved and i i think away from just you know attracting new fans we've also seen sim racing start to impact the the higher levels of competition in racing as well you you mentioned before the amount of drivers that are using it as a training tool between race weekends you mentioned scott mclaughlin he's he he came out and said as we mentioned at daytona and sebring that he had learned how and prepared to do multi-class racing and learn how to build runs and where where it would be most likely for him to pass lower class traffic, that was directly through iRacing. So from a training tool, I think that's something that gets talked about a lot. As we said with William Byron, he 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 and a lot of the NASCAR drivers have spoken about how important sim racing is for them for for, for training and testing. Um, but I think another thing that isn't spoken a lot about, and I think is going to become a new thing in the next few years, is I I don't think I, I think sim racing is beca- going to become a lot more of the entry level for drivers coming into racing um i'm I'm not so i've heard a lot of people say that it's not going to replace karting but it could complement karting as that traditional entry level um you know because sim racing whilst it's expensive um it it, you know it's, it's it's it is as expensive as you want it to be but you know, to, to be on the level where if you're a race a driver who's aspiring to get into real motorsport, it's going to be a, a quite expensive to get a setup that's, that helps you do that. But it's still cheaper than a lot of real racing out there, especially karting. Karting's cost has exploded over the last 10 years or so. Um So yeah, whilst I don't... Oh, karting will always have its stay as the traditional entry to motorsport i think we will get to a point within the next 10 years or so where a lot of drivers will be using sim racing as that that starts that start point right uh, you know I- i've been racing for the last uh six weeks seven weeks in the formula ford esports championship and that's a series that's very much geared at amateur race car drivers and 90 percent of the drivers i'm racing against are real kart drivers or club racing drivers here in the uk And a number of those drivers are drivers who don't have the budget to go kart racing anymore. They they ran out of money. So this is an opportunity for them to showcase themselves. You know, the, the, the the top two in this championship by the end of the year will move up to the British F4 esports championship, which has sponsors and real teams involved. And then from there, you know, you can start marketing yourself. You can showcase yourself to potential race teams. And then, and we've seen in the past the switch from sim racing to racing does happen, and it right. can be successful with with Nissan's GT Academy, with Jan Mardenborough Lucas Adonis and, and all of those guys. With F1 esports, with, you know, whilst F1 isn't the most realistic, it still allowed drivers like Lucas Blakely to go and, and start racing Formula Ford in this country and do really really well. I I think we with the next ten years or so we're going to see more and more motorsport academies and teams and right. and series start exploring this feeder series if you will from sim racing and have that as i say as a complement to karting.
0: Yeah, i think the you nailed it. The biggest thing is the the that entry point, right? So i think i know you mentioned the cost, you know, um but i think what this will allow as well is that maybe some of those those guys that wouldn't have been able to afford a cart, wouldn't have been able to afford to go to the track and get and get themselves out there will be able to get their name out there will be able to prove again like you said the the academy style the GT academy style that they do belong that they can get a can can get a ride and um and i think you know uh, selfishly as a sim racer like i you know i'm not going to say that i'll never race one day right and, you know maybe i Start a Fortune 500 company and become a gentleman driver, but you know. <laughs>
2: but line um, me up if you do. You know, right?
0: Ex- oh, I will. You'll be on the pit <laughs> crew, So So uh, you know, but um, I think selfishly that the more that motorsports gets involved with sim racing for us sim racers, the better that the products are going to get. The, the The more realistic, the more I guess efforts can be put into physics and en- physics engines into the equipment, and I think it can only um, you know benefit us normies <laughs> per se um, for this to happen and and um, I just think that there is a a bright future happening for for motorsports for for sim racing and I think um, you know as as one grows the other was going to come along with it I think at this point so you know just how excited we were for or at least I am for for IMSA this next year I think um, you know we've seen an explosion especially in the last couple of years and um, all these companies now coming out with sim racing gear with wheels with pedals with with rigs. Um, I think that we've seen the, the the sim sim racing market explode over the last couple of years with new companies entering the race and um, you know more competition means Ben only can only benefit us as customers as sim racers so I think again, uh, I'm excited to see where the um, the technology goes as well. You know, maybe we will have g forces that we can <laughs> experience. Right? We'll we'll sit in a pod. Um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll be naked in a pod and have you know th- <laughs> things connected to us, and we will feel the g forces. You know, um, we'll we'll wear a suit like I mean, they do have those now. Those um, suits you can wear to if uh, if you have VR on and you can. I mean, we won't go down that rabbit hole with what those suits can do, but uh,
2: <laughs> but well, I- like you, you've got haptic feedback where yes. like, if you get shot in a game, you yes. feel. Ho- hopefully, you don't die, but right, you, you right. feel a pain where you get shot. Um, I, I, I'm I, I'm sure it would be difficult to try and translate that kind of G-force feeling. We've we've already seen kind of haptic controls with like the butt kicker and stuff like that to try and feel feelings right. through the seat of of wheel slip and and, and things like that. Um, as you say, that the more interest there is in the medium, the more the technology is going to involve. I mean, hell, we've got an active pedal that costs the same as my entire sim rig setup, which allows you to feel anti-lock braking. <laughs> like
0: Sometimes as much as an actual car.
2: Yeah, it, it's fucking <laughs> insane. And you've got, you've got steering wheels that have put out like 30 plus newton meters of torque, which right. is far beyond what actual race cars have. <laughs> you know, it, it's insane how much the technology has evolved and that is purely because of how many people are involved and how how much people are taking it seriously from everyone, from manufacturers to series to fans. I think that's all part and parcel because, it, because it, it's so realistic mm-hmm. and the comparisons are so strong. It gives that legitimacy and makes everyone take it seriously. I mean, and you mentioned with the amount of companies coming out with rigs and stuff like that, the teams and manufacturers that compete in real racing have become so much more accepting of sim racing over the last few years. I remember when, when F1 Esports started in like 2016 or whenever it was, all the teams signed up and except Ferrari because they viewed it as inferior. And then a couple of years later, they were winning the championship with David Tenitsa. And then the other example you've got, you know, for years and years on iRacing, the content was really out of date, particularly on the sports car side. You know, we didn't have a prototype for a long time. We were still using the HPD. Uh, Then we finally got an LMP2 and people used that as the top class because we didn't have any proper top class sports cars. Compare that to this year where we've already got the entire field of GTPs that competed in IMSA this year, which is unheard of considering we completely skipped over DPI. (laughs) Um, And, and, you know, we've, we've had the Ferrari 293 out the same year. Uh, I dare say we're going to end up with the Corvette pretty quickly, which oh, will please, likely God. reduce you to an orgasm. Please um, God, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, melt. It, it, it's, it's, it's collaboration on all ends that's working really, really well, from, from, from fans to manufacturers to teams to series to developers. When it all works and motorsport games aren't involved, it's really, really productive and it's excellent for everyone. So it, it's one of those rare situ- situations where everybody benefits from from sim racing being as good as it possibly can be, and it's it's fantastic to see. It really is, and even and even then, you know, as I'm saying, that uh, we get we might get to a point in a few years' time where it's the the new entry level for real motorsport if nothing else, it allows people like us that don't go real racing. Uh, uh, you know, I, I would love to have, have gone right. real racing, but we just didn't have the money to do. So this is as close as I'm going to get. So whilst I'm not going to go pro, I'm not going to be, you know, uh, joint joining fucking GT Academy or anything like that. And winning that or going to Le Mans or whatever. The, the fact that sim racing exists for me to get as close as possible to the sport that I love is fantastic.
0: Absolutely. So, and I like to think that you know, if 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 I was to get into a track day, and it's me with my sim racing experience versus someone with no experience, I would like to think that I'm going to be far superior. I'm going to have faster lap times. I'm going to hit my brake markers better than somebody that you know. Maybe they're a good driver, but they've got no experience on this on the rig. But they say, know, say it's like a, having a running start. You know, yeah, it, it, exactly. it's not
2: it's not like for like in every sense. But there's enough of a crossover there where you're going to not there is going to be some things that mm-hmm. are going to come more naturally to you than otherwise. I, when totally. I, when I first drove a um, I drove a single seater uh, experience at Silverstone um, in like I think it was like five years ago now, um, around the time I started iRacing, racing and the amount more I felt confident driving that because of sim racing than I would have been otherwise, is, is astounding. And and now, you know, in the five years that I've been sitting on iRacing, or almost five years, four years, or something like that, you know, I've got I've gotten so much more competent at that, where I, I, I feel confident that if I were given an opportunity not to race, but to, like, test a car, or a racing car of some description, I don't think I'd be terrible. Obviously, yeah. I'd be lacking compared to the people who've been driving in real life since they were eight years old. But, as you say, it's a running start. It's, a, it's absolutely a running start that it gives you.
0: 100%. 100%. It's beautiful. Yeah. We have the best hobby in the world. We'll we biased. really
2: do. We really do. It's so much better than meth. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't done meth, uh, so I can't confirm nor deny it. Me
0: neither. <laughs>
2: um, if you've tried meth, let us know. Yeah. Um, Is it comparable? If you're a sim racer that does meth, let us know. What's better? <laughs> meth or sim racing? Um yeah, I, but, but in, in all seriousness, if you're out there, I know we get a lot of listeners who are from the Into the uh, Apex uh, network and obviously very into sim racing already. um Let us know at Into the Paddock uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and threads. Let us know in the Into the Apex Discord, uh, the Mad Sim Racing Discord, Rabo. Let, let us know what got you into sim racing, what you think about the increased uh, collaboration between the real world of racing and the virtual world of racing. Is it a good thing? Can it be bad? I think it certainly can be, you know, we've seen in the past, as soon as more business, as soon as something becomes more viable in terms of profit, people come around and only care about the profit motorsport games. So, so let us know what are the good and bad things about this, such close integration of the sim racing world and, and the full metal racing world as, as John Heindorf has once called it. Um, but I think, yeah, that, that will do for this week's episode of the, uh, into the paddock podcast. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you, John, for coming back again, and and to um and and to your
0: wonderful uh, co-host there. My co-host, yeah, she's getting uh she's getting a little cranky, so we might need to go get some food here. That, that's fair. <laughs> well, well, just you know, if
2: if she's restless at all at the weekend, just know that if if she needs to go to sleep, just put on Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> and um, that'll that'll
0: that'll send her right. That'll out. that'll yep. I can tell her. The, the the story like looks um they once upon a time verstappen gotten a red bull at vegas and verstappen won the end all right good night and then she's already <laughs> gone before you said yep max
2: um so yeah join us on next week's episode of the into the paddock podcast where we will be talking about vegas baby as well as the good street race in macau um, amongst other, uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll look at the Daytona entry list that uh, again, yes. we we're, we're not going to quite get to see before this show gets out. Um, driver switches. Yeah. Announcements. Uh, we'll also hopefully have Greg back on next week to talk us about, talk to us about his adventures at the race of remembrance in Wales. Uh, I am desperately jealous that he's been able to go back to the single best part of this country. Um, hopefully it won't be too long until we get you back on the show, John. Um, like i said we're coming toward the end of the year and we'll have our our end of year uh season ending show and yes. awards that we're going to be doing i'll make that for
0: sure <laughs> if not more <laughs> um
2: but yeah thank you for coming back uh where can we find you on uh, various social medias
0: you can find me at meets. i'm just kidding uh you can find me at javikje je on twitter x oh, i'm never going to to saying that and then you can find me on on the insta as the kids say nowadays um at john javicki it's been an absolute pleasure
2: it's been a pleasure to have you back Um, you can find me on uh, twitter instagram and threads at jgroves 1996 and as i said at the start of the half make sure you're following us at into the paddock with the number two on instagram twitter and threads as well and uh yeah join the uh mad sim racing discord as well if you want to uh, talk to us and uh, join any sim racing related discussion and and tune into the apex po- into the apex podcast as well if you're uh, a huge fan of sim racing as we are as as they will quite quite uh, uh well weekly talk about the world of i racing and um uh, generally talk shit about motorsport games but that will do it for this week's episode of the into the paddock podcast enjoy uh the Macau grand prix this weekend try and enjoy vegas albeit impossible and we will see you on the next episode of the into the paddock podcast take care everybody and goodbye
0: thank you for listening to into the pad by the ita podcast network Join us next time for more provocative motorsport talk.